The following Taisho by Shinge Roshi, Roko Sheri Shayat, was recorded at the Zen Center of Syracuse Hoenji in Syracuse, New York. These recordings are offered for free. We welcome your financial support. To contribute and for further information, please visit www.zencenterofsyracuse.org. Thank you. Hekigan Roku, the Blue Cliff Record, Case 11. Gobblers of Dregs. Engo's Introduction. The great capacity of Buddhas and Zen masters is entirely under his command. The lifeline of humanity and divinity is totally subject to his direction. With a casual statement, even a single word, he startles the crowd and stirs the masses. With a single device, even a single gesture, he smashes chains and knocks off fetters. Transcendental potential is met with transcendental principle. Now tell me, who has ever been like this? Main subject. Obaku said to the assembly, You are all gobblers of dregs. If you go on like this, Where will you encounter today? Do you know that in all of China there is no Zen teacher? Then a monk came forward and said, But what about those who teach disciples and lead communities all over the place? Obaku said, I do not say there is no Zen, but that there is no Zen teacher. Secho's verse. Cold, severe. His solitary mien does not take pride in itself. Solemnly dwelling in the sea of the world, He distinguishes dragons and snakes. Even the emperor of China was treated abruptly. Thrice he personally ran afoul of those claws and fangs. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Someone 
said to me, one of the recent days of our session, today is only the first day, but it feels like the fourth day. What day was that? How many days ago? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Today is the seventh day of Holy Day session at Daibosatsu. We are indeed one Sangha sitting together. So we might say, well, must be. We're feeling their nen. Must be. They're feeling ours. It's true, this session started off at a gallop. It's a wonderful mix of old-timers and people who, well, came to a course, Deep Presence, and said, okay, I'm ready for session. (laughs) And old and young. And this is a historic year. So you are all here at this auspicious time. Know it or not, those of you for whom it's the first session, those of you for whom it's the uncountable session, 2008, 50 years ago, our Zen ancestor in America, a pioneer, Nyogen Senzaki, passed one month from now, May 7th, 1958, is his departure day. And yesterday, Chogen was remembering coming here for a ceremony. He didn't exactly remember what ceremony it was. He thought it must be the ceremony of the new building. It was my transmission ceremony. And indeed, we were to have it in this building, as you said. And taxi let him off and smelled probably before he saw it, right? Smelled something strange. Then saw the blackened husk of the carriage house. How many of you were here? Then 
Jikyo, Ishin, Konraki, Toku, and Chogan. So, as he said, Edoroshi was about to arrive in six days when this fire occurred. And we had all but the windows and doors put on. It was just to be a matter of a couple of days' work. This fire was a wonderful purification event. Our treasurer is sitting there in the back thinking, yeah, and it's a good thing we had insurance. But to have this transmission ceremony take place in a white tent on Seneca Turnpike, how wonderful that was. Golden leaves falling down, fluttering through the tent. Indeed, impermanence. So Obaku's famous saying, Do you know that in all of China, in all of America, there is no Zen teacher? So what took place that day? What was transmitted in that tent? And this year, 10 years afterwards, this October 12th, Edo Roshi and I were discussing what is a good date for him to come up. He wants to do a shitsuko ceremony. This means to confer Roshi name and title. There is a period of Years in which having been given transmission, one goes through post-transmission training and travels around and gives talks elsewhere and meets with people and generally in a subtle and quiet way has some intention, in any case, of maturing as a so-called teacher. So this period of time, this past ten years, has been such. So recently we were discussing, when he said he wants to come up and do this, what's a good day? His schedule is even worse than mine course, and very difficult to find a time, a day. We thought it would be good to have it in October, 10 years. 
just so happened that the only date both of us could do it was October the 12th, exactly 10 years since the fire. Nowadays, there are so many Zen teachers in America. In fact, I'm on the membership committee of the American Zen Teachers Association. And we're supposed to look at people's backgrounds, training, credentials, and come to some agreement should they become members of this association. To become a member of this association is completely meaningless. But we notice that the people who really, really want to become members are the ones we really, really don't want. (laughs) Because they are after something. Some of them sneak in anyway. But what is it to be a Zen teacher? This is the question. Maybe one's coming now. We'll wait and see. (laughs) Worth admitting? Someone just came and left. Ah, best yet. (laughs) (laughs) This koan, by the way is from chapter 35 in the Zen teaching of Wang Bo on the transmission of mind, which we have been reading at Dharma study for the past (laughs) (laughs) one more year, perhaps. We're on the last uh, couple of pages, I think. Could be another year. This is Dharma study, truly Dharma study. It's a totally different thing from going to some, now they teach things, you know, academically. You can go and study about Wangbo and read many, many books about the early years of Tang Dynasty China. Many, many Zen teachers in all of China. But the way we're studying Wangbo, Japanese name Obaku, is not like that. As those of you who have come, many of you every single month, know. What is it that we are studying? Are we studying the words of a Zen teacher named Wangbo who lived? well, say, 9th century 
Tang Dynasty China? Are we trying to gobble the dregs? Obaku Wangbo, it's said, it's passed on down through the histories, was seven feet tall. Anybody here? Seven feet tall? Six something? Ishin? Six what? Six four. Even Ishin does not quite reach Wangbo's level. And he also is said to have had a strange kind of pearl on his forehead, a protruding forehead that looked like a pearl. So he was a striking guy. And um, in fact, there's so many stories about him. One, I will read you... There are many good stories. I can't read them all. And maybe the one I'm looking for isn't here. Oh, yeah, here it is. When Wang Bo first met his teacher, Yakujo Pai Chang in Chinese, Pai Chang said, Magnificent, imposing. Where have you come from? Wang Bo said, Magnificent and imposing. I've come from the mountains. Pai Chang asked, What have you come for? Wang Bo said, Not for anything but this. Pai Chang esteemed him deeply as a vessel of Dharma. The next day, he took leave of Pai Chang. Pai Chang asked, where are you going? Wang Bo replied, to Gangzi to pay my respects to the great master Ma. Ma is Baso in Japanese. Pai Chang said, the great master Ma has already passed on. Wang Bo asked, what did he have to say when he was alive? Pai Chang then related the circumstances of his second encounter with Ma Tzu Baso. And this is a story about Hyakujo and Baso. When Matsu saw me approach, he raised his whisk. I asked, do you identify with this action or detach from this action? Matsu then hung the whisk on the corner of the meditation seat. There was a long silence. Then Matsu asked me, Later on, when you're flapping your lips, how will you help people? (laughs) This just means when you're talking. All right, everybody's flapping lips all the time, right? When you're flapping your lips, how will you help people? In other words, how will you convey the Dharma? Yesterday, Chogen was asking this question. How do I offer something of my practice, right? How will you when you're flapping your lips? I took the whisk and held it up. Matsu said, 
Do you identify with this action or detach from this action? Remember, that's what he had just asked him, right? So now the teacher is asking him, do you identify with this action or detach from this action? I took the whisk and hung it back on the corner of the meditation seat. Matsu drew himself up and gave a shout that left me deaf for three days. <laughs> Famous enlightenment story. So then, Wangbo heard this, and his tongue fell out in awe. And Pai Chang said, After this, won't you be a successor of the great Master Ma? Now remember, he just told them Master Ma is dead. Right? So keeping this in mind. Won't you be a successor of the great Master Ma? Wangbo said, No. Today, because of the Master's recital, I've gotten to see the great Master Ma's great capacity, great function. But if I were to succeed to Master Ma, in the future I would be bereft of descendants. In other words, if I receive transmission from Master Ma, I would not be able to pass this transmission on. Pai Chong said, It is so. It is so. If your view equals your teacher, you have less than half of your teacher's virtue. Only when your wisdom goes beyond your teacher are you worthy to pass on the transmission. As your view is right now, it seems that you have ability which transcends any teacher. Can you imagine such praise? So this is Wangbo. On this introduction by Engel, the great capacity, we just heard him speak of the great capacity, right? The great capacity of Buddhas and Zen masters. What is the great capacity? What is the ability? What is the capacity? What is there? Understanding. To have an understanding. And then what? Hmm. To transmit, to show, to what? Communication. Communicate. To actualize, right? To actualize. The great capacity of Buddhas and Zen masters is entirely under his command. The lifeline of humanity and divinity is totally subject to his direction. With a casual statement, even a single word, he startles the crowd and stirs the masses. With a single device, even a single gesture, he smashes chains and knocks off fetters. Who are they talking about? Who is Engo describing here? I thought he was describing Buddha. 
The great capacity of Buddhas and Zen masters is entirely under his command. All the Buddhas, all the Zen masters, capacity. With a casual statement, a single gesture. Who is this? Who's he talking about? This is Engo's introduction to the case, all right? You might say, right? You might say, oh, well, he must be introducing us to Obaku. A great seven-foot-tall, imposing, extraordinarily brilliant Obaku. But if we leave it there, then once again, what are we? Gobblers of dregs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Who is being talked of here? Hmm? Who is being described here? If we say, well, of course it's Obaku, yes, but further. Hmm? Each teacher, each person being Each teacher? Who are these teachers? Where are these teachers? Here. 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 Who said here? Almost seven feet. <laughs> Not yet. Here. Now, this is what we are. What? Sitting, sitting, sitting. Purifying, clarifying. Don't take it lightly. Someone... said to me something about statisticians, study of statistics, that they say, these statisticians, statisticians, the chances of any event occurring are one in a million. Any event, any moment, any place, And here we are, thinking, oh, yeah, Obaku. Oh, yeah, Tang Dynasty, China. Oh, yeah, they must have had it right. And here we are in America. And here we are in second day of session. Yeah, it feels like four days of pain. Maybe seven. But here we are, this dharma. Hardly met with this rare opportunity to become not just Obaku, to become you. You. With a casual statement, even a single word, you startle the crowd and stir the masses. With a single device, 
even a single gesture, you smash chains and knock off fetters. It starts right here. Don't wait. Don't think, oh, maybe. No. Yes. Yes. No. Master Rinzai said, this business of being a teacher, when asked about it, he said, I just loosen bonds and cure illnesses. What is illness from a Buddhist point of view? Hmm? Delusion. Delusion. What else? Disease. Hmm? Disease. Disease. What else? Attachment. Hmm? Attachment. Attachment. Greed. Hmm? Greed. Greed, anger, and folly. Basically, the illness uh, from Buddhist understanding, we are ill because what? We don't know our true nature. We have not awakened. Therefore, we are lost in the darkness of ignorance. This is what we mean by illness. Yes, it is suffering. Lost in the darkness of ignorance. Forgetting that right here, right now. is everything we need. Someone else said, I'm waiting for some kind of spectacular event. Spectacular event is here all the time. Unfolding all the time. Why don't we see it? Why don't we taste it? Why don't we become awakened? Hmm? Why not? We don't believe. We don't believe. All right. That's one reason. And we don't believe it could be that simple. It couldn't be that this is here, right here, right accessible to us. Must be somewhere else, must be something to aim for, right? If we're aiming for, what happens? Everybody knows, so you're all saying it at the same time. It's great. I don't have to try to repeat. You all know, but... Hmm? Repeat and repeat and repeat. Can we repeat? 
This is unrepeatable. This is hardly met with means unrepeatable. This moment is unrepeatable. You have never been here before. How could you waste a precious second thinking that you will be here the next moment? This is really at the crux of the matter that we take for granted that we will be here in the next moment, thinking that here is the same as a second ago, right? We just lost a baby Buddha. Dokyo's little cousin, four years old. Ray Burnett, who said at the age of two, I hear Buddha. We can say his words and deeply appreciate them, but we cannot repeat his life, can we? But how inspiring for us all that brief four years. Most of you didn't even know him, but heard the story. I am Buddha. And somehow felt wonderful. So, Obako said to the assembly, You are all gobblers of dregs. If you go on like this, where will you encounter today? This is what I've just been speaking about, right? Today, this moment. How will you find this moment as you continue along thinking that there are plenty of moments to encounter or that this moment is of no real use because you haven't met with something special thinking you haven't met with something special because you're concocting an idea of what it would be. It must be different from this cruddy condition. You must think, oh, well, definitely. It's got to be better than what I am right here, right now. Most of the time, people feel this way. We have to be honest, right? There must be something more. There must be a better way. There must be more understanding I could get. There must be a better 
equilibrium in which I could live my life. Maybe so. But thinking that way is actually what is the pejorative sense, the negative sense of you are all gobblers of dregs, right? You are all gobblers of dregs. What are dregs? Maybe someone doesn't know. What's, what's this word, dregs? Maybe? Yes? Dregs are the, the particles at the end of a bottle of wine. Or a... Dregs. The dregs are what you don't want to drink, like coffee grounds or the little bits and pieces of whatever grape is at the bottom of the wine or... In fact, it's sometimes, this um, translation is sometimes translated as brewer's grain, partakers of brewer's grain. So the grain that remains after the nice brew is, uh, what, filtered or something, I don't know. So these dregs, you are all gobblers of dregs. Hakuin Zenji said about this statement, gobblers of dregs, it's poison in the water. Whoever drinks it dies. I misunderstood this for 20 years. Don't take it lightly. The great Hakuin, Hakuin Ikaku Zenji said, for 20 years I misunderstood this statement. Poison in the water. By that, he doesn't mean the dregs are the poison. He means this statement is the kind of poison that you need to die to your ignorance. Poison in the water. This is a poisonous statement. Gobblers of dregs. And Tenke, the Soto master, said, Everywhere they say that people who consume writings and sayings are gobblers of dregs. But Daye explained that if writings were dregs, then the oak tree in the garden and three pounds of flax would also be dregs. These extraordinary statements of enlightened masters that have, when worked on through koan practice, have opened the eyes of countless students. These dregs, these gems, we might also say, right? These dregs, these old sayings, so Tenke continues, it cannot be seen as limited to writings and sayings. From the perspective of the Zen eye, even practice is gobbling dregs. Even traveling, pilgrimaging is gobbling dregs. Even talking about sitting is gobbling dregs. Reading sutras is gobbling dregs. Even to speak of enlightenment and delusion Buddha or Dharma 
It's all gobbling dregs. Today, in the Diamond Sutra, we heard, speaking of sutras, Buddha said, Subhuti, has the Tathagata realized supreme enlightenment? Has the Tathagata a teaching to expound? Subhuti answers, As I understand Buddha's meaning, there is no formulation of truth called supreme enlightenment. Moreover, the Tathagata has no formulated teaching to expound. And why? Because the Tathagata has said that truth is uncontainable and inexpressible. It neither is, nor is it not. Such dregs we hear in the Diamond Sutra. And you may think, well, you must be somehow saying something negative about the Great Diamond Sutra if we call it dregs. What causes us to find these dregs. And suddenly realize that dregs are pearls. So often we chant Seems like it's repeatable. Every session, Diamond Sutra. Every day, Heart Sutra. And this happens to us from time to time. A certain line. Something so familiar. Who spoke that? It's called Buddha or Subhuti, but who really spoke that line? Where did that line come from? This kind of feeling of intimacy. So Hakuin said, for 20 years, 20 years, I misunderstood. Thinking, oh, gobblers of dregs, I don't want to be a gobbler of dregs. I must find my own way. It must be out there somewhere. Some teacher will show me the way. There's something I can get. Dregs. Some of you know the koan that starts with someone reciting. Bu 
Buddha nature pervades the whole universe, revealing right here now. And the teacher stops him abruptly and says, Aren't those the words of Chosetsu the genius? Aren't those someone else's words? Have you experienced Buddha nature pervades? Every day we hear this, right? Buddha nature pervades the whole universe, revealing right here now. And it's just dregs. Why? So when someone asks you, isn't that part of the morning service dedication? Why are you saying it? What will you say? Hmm? Better not. Better not. When we really understand that everything is our own words, it's very different. Our own music, but Obaku went on. If you go on like this, where will you encounter today? Meaning, if you go on thinking, oh, I have to get something from someone else. must be their words that I need to somehow understand. If you see it as their words, where will you encounter your own true Buddha? Nature pervades the whole universe. When will you encounter today? Gone, gone, gone. And then he says, Do you know that in all of China there is no Zen teacher? So I asked you before, what is a Zen teacher? Master Rinzai, what is a Zen teacher? Loosening bonds and curing illnesses. It sounds good. It sounds like something you would like, doesn't it? Yeah, come loosen my bonds, please. Come cure my illnesses. But what is the medicine that's used to cure these illnesses? Remember? Poison. Poison. By the way, Mao did not know how truly he spoke when he said to His Holiness the Dalai Lama, religion is poison. (laughs) 
too bad. And how do you have your bonds loosened? So again, we have these kinds of projections and expectations and assumptions and we want it to feel nice. We want somebody to come over and gently untangle the skeins upon skeins upon skeins of yarn that we have wrapped around ourselves like a very thick chrysalis. And truth be told, if Master Rinzai were to appear before you and say such a thing, you'd run the other way. I don't think I want you loosening my bonds. Thank you very much. (laughs) Then a monk came forward and said, But what about those who teach disciples and lead communities all over the place? Indeed, who's he asking about? Wang Bo, right? How about you? That's what you're doing, isn't it? And Engels, in a commentary, says, In Tang times, they liked to revile people by calling them gobblers, of dregs was a typical pejorative phrase. So many people say that Wang Bo was reviling the assembly. Those with eyes see for themselves what he was getting at. The whole idea is to let down a hook to fish out people's questions. You were on the right track when you were getting in those carp. In the assembly, there was a Zen man who didn't fear for his body or life. This is, a monk came forward. Who here doesn't fear for your body or life? Who here will come forward? And ask, A question that, in a way, sounds like a kind of smart-ass question, right? What do you mean there are no teachers of Zen in China? They're all over the place. And here's one right in front of me. You. There was a Zen man who didn't fear for his body or life, so he could come forth this way from the crowd to question Wang Bo, saying... Now what about those in various places who lead their followers and communities? And he makes a good point, too. After all, the old fellow Wang Bo couldn't explain. So instead he broke down and said, I don't say there's no Zen, just that there are no Zen teachers. But tell me, Engo's asking us, where does his meaning lie? And then he says, Essence of the school that has come down from ancient times. This is what we mean when we speak about transmission. The essence 
uh, our Zen, our Inzai Zen school that has come down from ancient times, sometimes holding, sometimes letting go, right? Sometimes not a word is spoken. Other times, shout. Sometimes killing. Sometimes giving life. This does not, of course, mean. Of course, it's catch and release, okay? (laughs) Sometimes gathering up. I dare to ask all of you, what would be a teacher of Zen? As soon as I speak this way, I've already lost my head. People, where are your nostrils? They've been pierced through. What does Engo mean by that? Pierced through means what? So you can be led around, yes. Led around through a ring in your nose, right? Mm. Someone said, wonderful statement. I'm trying to listen to the news, but I'm having difficulty. This is a statement about session, all right? Sitting, zazen. I'm trying to listen to the news, but I'm having difficulty. Something is jamming the broadcast, right? It's always, always, always being broadcast. But what gets in the way? What creates difficulty? This Dharma broadcast. Every green shoot, every bird call, every barking dog, every footstep on these polished floors, every rustling of the wind, last night's thunderstorm, sound of buds opening, the sound, listening, the news of this moment. I do not say there is no Zen. Nobody can give you this. There were so many wonderful Statements made by Yogin Senzaki uh, without speaking directly about this case. Throughout his teachings, continually he reminds us that 
We have to find out for ourselves. There is no Zen teacher who can do it for us. He had very little use for Zen teachers of any sort or Zen teachings. He said, if you open your own third eye, you can read the whole of the Mahayana teachings in a glance at the blue sky. But if you close yourself off from your inner wisdom, both the scriptures written in Sanskrit and in Pali are nothing but papers smeared with nonsense. Someone said to me that he felt as though he had been in a locked box. A locked box. And suddenly open. Who locked it? Who unlocked it? And as for being a Zen teacher, Senzaki tells the story of Tosui, who was a well-known Zen teacher of the Tokugawa era, who had several temples and taught in various provinces. And the last temple accumulated so many adherents that Tosui told them he was going to quit lecturing entirely. No more Zen teaching for me, he said. He advised them to disperse and go wherever they desired. And after that, no one found any trace of Tosui. Three years later, one of his disciples discovered him living with some beggars under a bridge in Kyoto. He at once implored Tosui to teach him If you can do as I do for even a couple of days, I might, Tosui replied. So the former disciple dressed as a beggar and spent a day with Tosui. The following day, one of the beggars died. Tosui and his admirer carried the body off at midnight and buried it on a mountainside. After that, They returned to their shelter under the bridge. Tosui slept soundly the remainder of the night, but the disciple couldn't sleep. When morning came, Tosui said, We do not have to beg for food today. Our dead friend has left some over there. But the disciple was unable to eat a single bite of it. I said you could not do as I do, Tosui rebuked him. Get out of here and do not bother me again. Thus, Tosui guarded his teaching secretly without any disciples at all. Indeed, there is nothing Nothing that can be taught. How can Zen be taught? 
So you might think, well, what is the point of having a teacher anyway? Anybody think so? The rain has saturated the earth. Buds and flowers are opening. Last night I couldn't sleep. I woke up and just so many haiku came. So one of them is indomitably, indomitably. It's a very hard word to say, but it has five syllables. You say it. Indomitably. I can't say it. <laughs> say it again. Indomitably. Indomitably. Pushing up through matted leaves. Sudden glow of green. Indomitably pushing up through matted leaves. Sudden This is our precious pearls of dregs for all of us to taste.